Welcome back to Catholic's Corner. If this is your first episode, welcome. My name is Kirsten, and you're listening to A Quiet Corner of the Internet, where we talk about our feelings and thoughts and how we can grow into better humans. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you like to listen from to never miss an episode every Monday. And if you want to stay updated on the show or me in general, I'm at Catharaxia everywhere that matters. C-A-T-H-A-R-A-X-I-A. Literally type it into Google and I'll be right there. So, how are you? I hope you're better than I am. I've just been extra irritable today. I don't think it helps that I woke up um, with half of my hearing. So, that kind of put it to stick in your day. I also feel like I'm not having real thoughts right now. I feel like usually there's like a part of our brains that like tends to be on like a higher plane of thinking with like creative thought or imaginative thought, that sort of thing, like the critical thinking idea thing. I don't have that right now. I could sit and stare at a wall or, you know, sit and stare through TikTok for an entire day and not blink twice about it. So that's how my day is going. But I hope yours is significantly better than that. I hope you're having a fine day. It's sunny out. It's a good day to walk, to drive, to bike. I'm sure I'll do one of those things at some point during the day. But today I'm going to show you my little red book. So if you are listening to this podcast, you may or may have not seen the trailer I posted for the podcast, a little advertisement, if you will. And in the trailer, I shared a few things from this little red book I have. And this little red book is a secret Santa gift uh, someone had given me my senior year of high school. And I am pretty sure the intention was to write ideas in it. But now I just write little mantras that I think are very easy to forget for me especially. So anytime I think about something or see something or read something that sticks out to me and it feels like I might need to be reminded of that in the future, I write it down here. And right now I only have 13, I believe, 13, 14. But hopefully it'll keep on growing and I'll be able to fill it out. But today I thought I'd share those 14 mantras with you and sort of talk about how I ended up writing them down and what they mean to me and such. So let's just go ahead and start talking about it. (laughs) So I thought to start off this episode, it'd be good to go through the original five that had come to mind when I decided to start documenting these mantras in this little red book. Also, well disclaimer, if you hear something that sounds like that <laughs> during the episode today, that's the sound of some metal straws my mom bought me. I gave in, I gave in and the fun. <laughs> Something about it's weirdly satisfying to use compared to a regular straw. Not that I was using regular straws that much anyways, but now I want to use straws all the time. So if you hear it clang, do not be alarmed. Anyways, jumping into this first mantra I have written down here, to me this is like 
what I try to remember, if there was like a life slogan, if that was a thing, that's what my life slogan would be. And it is trust the process, meaning trust that everything you're doing is building to something great. And this phrase, I first heard it from a YouTuber, actually. Um, her name is Connor Manning. They haven't posted in a while, but that's where I had originally heard the phrase, but it's a common phrase too. Apparently there's like this retreat uh, that my university does, and that's like the slogan for the retreat is trust the process. And I think it's important because a lot of times we forget that what we do is building up to something, and it's very easy to get lost in the destination we're envisioning instead of paying attention through the journey and accepting where we're at now and how it'll help us grow. The second one I had initially written down in this book is, you've gotta be shameless if you want opportunity. And I wrote this down after I had a conversation with my friend Aman um, over winter break in like a Starbucks late in the night. And we were talking about just like college things and how um, it seems like people who, like the funny thing with imposter syndrome is that when you have imposter syndrome, it's the idea that you feel like you don't deserve to be where you're at, right? And that feeling can make it very hard to take opportunities and take chances on things when you feel like you don't qualify for them or you're not prepared for them or they're not made for you. But then there's people out there that don't care. They don't care if they don't have the skills for it. They don't care if they're not qualified. They'll take the chance because they have it. And that counts for something, because how else are you supposed to grow if you don't take the opportunities to learn and grow? So that's what that means to me. <laughs> the third one here I have here um, says, asking for help and being dependent are not the same thing. It's okay to reach out, you need to. I had written this one down because of the same conversation. I, I think this tendency stems a lot from the facts of just who I am as a person, right? I'm the eldest child. I grew up being a gifted kid. I, a lot of my life, I have been told and shown by the world that I shouldn't ask for help because asking for help means that you're lesser than and weaker. And there's also like the whole thing, which I think is like a pride thing, especially being African, is that like you don't want to depend on other people because if you're not careful, the people who theoretically you could depend on will turn against you and use that against you in the future. But I guess it's only if you don't depend on the right people. So I'm still trying to learn to let myself depend on the right people to help me out, whether it is bringing something to light that I'm envisioning or just helping me out and supporting me emotionally and mentally when I'm going through a period, that sort of thing. I'm still figuring that out and even just asking for help from people who I may not be like super intimately close with on like an interpersonal level, like with teachers and stuff. I've always kind of struggled with that because it's a very vulnerable position to be in. 
So I have to write it down so I remember that it's okay to ask for help and that needing help and being codependent are not the same thing. Fourth on here is, you're anointed and loved. You may not have the strength that he does. I personally believe that there is a higher power and that the higher power is God because of my faith and for me remembering that there is a higher power looking out for me and watching out for me and that there is a greater plan beyond myself that I may not have the proper eye to see how it is meant to be played out helps keep me going and in my life I've seen how that's worked for me I know there's people who don't believe the same thing that I do and frankly I don't really care <laughs> Because I also feel like people have a misconstrued um, understanding of Christianity, but that's a whole separate conversation that we can have on a personal level. But for me, it's important for me to remember that there is a higher power who is watching over me, and even if I don't think I can do it, he can do it. And therefore, everything will work out the way that it needs to. And then finally, of the five things that were initially written in this book is it doesn't matter if people like the book what matters is that you like the story that you're telling meaning what i struggle with a lot is staying in my own lane and not paying attention to how people will perceive what i'm doing it holds me back from doing a lot of things even with stuff like this there's still that nagging feeling that nobody cares about what I have to say and therefore I should stop doing what I'm doing or that people will interpret what I have to say a certain way and therefore like I shouldn't say certain things if that makes any sense and to a certain degree that's a good thing to keep in mind because it helps us be mindful and cognizant and more intentional with the word choice we use and how we speak to people to make sure we don't go around just defending people for the sake of defending people. But in the grand scheme of life things, if I let what people want to read <laughs> in this book of my life determine what I write, then what was the point of writing the book in the first place? It's not a good book, that's fan service. And nobody really likes fan service. So I try and remember that above all else, in order to live the type of life I wanna live, I need to make sure that what I'm doing, the story I'm telling with my life is the story that I want to be telling and the story I'm intending to be telling. Because even if people can't always read my intentions correctly, as long as I know that what I'm doing is for the most part pure of heart and authentic and honest and with a purpose then i think it's fine <laughs> but yes these are the original five things that i had written in this red book so let's take a break before going to the other nine and i'll tell you about my favorites of the day surrounding the idea of things we should remember
Alright, so for my favorites of the day today, um, all three of them are actually just YouTube videos because I find that <laughs> I just like staying on the meditative side of YouTube. <laughs> Not that I don't like a good like Curtis Connor video like all the time, but I do like to have content from creators who are really thinking about better ways to live life and different ways you can possibly live your life better. I said the same thing twice, but so the, for the first video I have here, this video is by Matt Tavella. I think that's how you say his name. Um, you probably know him if you're into minimalist content at all. He's like the minimalism guy. I'm pretty sure he's the minimalism guy. They all tend to have beards and be white and wear glasses, but I promise he's a good one. He's also like a documentary filmmaker. And the style of his videos is just really high quality. You can tell he puts a lot of thought and work into what he does. And the video that I have down specifically with the idea of things that we should remember is his video, Watch This Video Before You Die. In the video, um, he talks with um, this other guy about the idea of making bucket lists and living life to the fullest. And the best way to approach that, because the person he had interviewed um, became, kind of went viral for setting this list of life aspirations and goals for his quote-unquote bucket list of things he wanted to do. And through checking this list of things off with this group of friends, he realized that one of the key things when it comes to sort of making those life goals is the best way to do it is to help other people reach their goals while you're going about things. And if you do it that way, you'll be surprised how far you're able to go. But I like this video a lot because it's a really good reminder of A, the idea of like living your life with agency, taking agency over what you do with your life versus sort of going through the motions or taking the most logical next step. And I also enjoy this video because I think the breakdown they do towards the end about how to sort of figure out what you value and what you want to accomplish it's a really good way to go about it because i don't know about you but bucket lists have never really appealed to me because the typical things you think of when you think of a bucket list feel just very fruitless to me <laughs> like skydiving jumping climbing or whatever is cool but like sometimes i just want to hang out with my friends and like maybe own a nice apartment or house and a dog and a cat and that's life. So I think uh, that video is a very good, uh, I think that video is a very good go-to if you want to sort of think about what to do with your life and that sort of thing. The next video I have on here is by Joe Franco. You'll probably recognize her from Damon and Joe which is like a traveling language channel. This is her solo channel, and the video I put down is how to finally start journaling. I've done it for 15 years because I think journaling is really important. I don't do it every day, and I should. 
I just struggle with it because I tend to write a lot more about my feelings and what's happening. Um, but the video did convince me to start journaling again and I think watching it she gives a lot of really good insight on how to go about journaling, uh, especially considering she's been able to keep it up for over a decade. And especially right now in this weird period we've been in. And just always, I think it's a really good idea to document how you are right now so that way you can look back and see how you've grown and evolved and what that period was like. Because our memories aren't really memories, it's just us remembering a memory so it alters every time so journaling is the best way to preserve memories besides a photograph and then finally I have a video by Struthless uh, called the drawing advice that changed my life and it's a nice reminder if you're a creative person on how to aim for focus and consistency when it comes to your creative work it's just definitely an approach to it I have my grievances with it, of course, because his idea is focus on one thing, but very pinpointed, very specific. Like his example was him being told to draw like, a, it's not a pelican, it's a type of swan-like bird, <laughs> bird with a big old beak, um, over and over again, because he wanted to get into drawing. He was like, yeah, I, I couldn't get better and grow at anything because I was trying to do too many things at once. And I do agree with that for sure, but I think for some people, limiting yourself to that degree might not be the best strategy. But I definitely think it's a video worth checking out, and at the very least, it will definitely motivate you to get back into focusing on your creative work. Because I definitely think I've been taking that philosophy with the stuff I've been doing recently. Whereas I don't focus on just one thing. I try, I'm trying to not focus on more than like two or three things at a time now. Because again, you can't really grow your skill if you're scattered. Because it's like putting a drop in seven buckets instead of putting seven drops in one bucket. It goes slower. So those are my favorites of the day. I'll link them in the description of the podcast if you want to check the videos out. Now let's talk about the rest of my nine points here. So the rest of these nine points, I can't promise that I'm going to be able to remember exactly why I wrote them down, but I will try and recollect it for you. The first mantra that I have down here for the rest of the nine is, you've gotta like being creative to be a good artist. I remember writing this down after a conversation with my friend Natalie, but I can't remember what conversation we were having. I think just the idea that it's really hard to force creativity if you don't enjoy what you're doing. Because creativity isn't really about inspiration, it's about passion and I think that's the thing people tend to mix up. Because if you wait to be inspired every time you want to make something, you're never really going to make anything. So in order to get better at being creative, you have to like what you're doing first 
and then you'll be able to grow faster because even when you're not inspired, you're still going to be enjoying what you're doing. The next thing I have down here is anything worthwhile takes time. I'm a very <laughs> if that doesn't prove my point, I don't know what does. I'm a very impatient person. So impatient I can't even talk properly. I slur my words all the time. But especially when it comes to accomplishing a goal or getting where I want to get to, I have a very hard time uh, keeping the big picture in mind, which is also why I trust the process. It's something I try and hammer into my head because it's true. If something is worth the time and the effort, it'll need the time and the effort. And I think it's very easy to sort of give up on things just because it's not happening fast enough. Because if things grow too quickly, then the foundation becomes very unstable because you're not able to prepare yourself for it. So I need to be more patient with letting things grow in the time that they need to be growing. Next on here is everything will be okay. Very easy to forget, especially in these very difficult and trying times. I know they're difficult and trying for people. It's just all jokes, but yeah, I think it's really easy, especially when you're in a darker place, to forget that everything will work out the way that it needs to work out and that in the end, everything will be okay. Uh, we'll be all right, as Sir Edward Stiles once said. <laughs> but it's true, it's true. This too will pass. Next song here, I have Know Yourself. Don't wait for someone to tell you who you are. This one um, is something that I'm also, I think I've gotten better at it actually, especially I think the key has being home and not being surrounded by mirrors of how people are perceiving me all the time. Because I think it's really easy to frame your self-perception on how other people perceive you because we're taught to do it from a young age, right? You probably had to do an exercise in elementary or middle school where everyone went around and shared a compliment about the person in one other person in the room or the person next to them. And then after that, that was you, right? Like if someone said you were nice, then that's part of who you are, right? Or like if someone thinks you're smart, then that's part of who you are. If someone thinks you're mean, that's part of who you are because it's constantly being reflected at you. I think it's easy to build your entire self-perception off of how people perceive who you are. But the reality is, is that no one knows you better than yourself. No one knows your thoughts. No one knows your intentions as well as you do. Even when you try and articulate them, you're not going to get the full picture. And I think that's really important to remember. And I think that can be a very empowering thing to remember as well. Because even if people don't like you, it's not like they really know you. So who are they to say whether or not you're a good or bad person or not, right? That's all up to you. Next one here is you're not an imposter if you're being yourself. You can't pretend to be you. This won't cure imposter syndrome, but I think the sentiment is nice. <laughs> I can't remember why I wrote this one down either. I think 
just the idea that it can be very easy, especially when you feel insecure and when you're in like an imposter syndrome situation to try and like camouflage into your environment and pretend like, yeah, like I'm so, I'm like totally like all the rest of you people and there's nothing suspicious here. But if you are who you are, right? Like if you're going through like an application, shut up. <laughs> if you're going through an application process, right? And you present exactly what you're about, right? How you dress, how you speak, who you are. Of course, different environments demand different types of code switching, but like just generally present who you are and you get in, while you will probably still feel like, hey, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. If you got in because of who you are as a person, then you can't be an imposter to that situation because you're the person who got in, not this made up version of yourself versus when we present people who we think they want us to be then of course you're going to feel like an imposter because that wasn't you in the first place so just be yourself but also it's hard because like who are you that's what we're all trying to figure out we'll figure it out with time well i'll figure it out with time next on here is it's okay to be scared we should let ourselves be scared more often I don't remember why, like what the context was of me writing it down. I just remember that what, that the reason I wrote it down was because I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and fear about like an impending situation. And I think it's very easy to ignore like bad feelings because it's a bad feeling, so you want to push it away and fight through it. But especially with something like fear and being scared, I think it's healthier to just feel it and let it pass through you, because again, this too shall pass, versus trying to suppress it or push it away, because especially with something like fear, it just manifests in different ways whether it's us projecting it against other people or using it to hide from certain situations. It's better to not even face fear head on, but just acknowledge that fear that we feel and that scared feeling and just allow it to pass because like, it's okay. It's okay to be scared. Life is scary and maybe things would be easier if we just let ourselves be scared instead of constantly trying to deny that we feel small sometimes because everyone feels small sometimes we're so tiny it's the big universe you know what's under the ocean too much we don't even know half of it it's okay to be scared next on here is don't distract yourself with content living is uncomfortable I'm really bad about this. I, I think this is actually the reminder I needed for today. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> yeah, this is the reminder I needed for today. Especially for like Gen Z, but I think um, it's not even generational, it's just how our world, our world works now. 
I said it's really easy to distract yourself with content because there's just constantly content coming in. We have a 24 hour news cycle, all these damn tweets, all these damn videos. TikTok's for you page doesn't end. You can pound your brain with content for the rest of the time and never have to face another thought. I think again, but the reality is, it's like if you want to live a full life, you're going to have to be uncomfortable sometimes. And sometimes that'll be being uncomfortable with your own presence and thoughts. Sometimes it'll be facing anxiety about a situation. Sometimes it'll be getting that damn paper done instead of scrolling through Twitter for another 30 minutes. It'll look different for everyone, but living is uncomfortable. It is what it is. Next on here is, the more you love yourself, the better your love life will be. This was a we're not really strangers text I got. You, if you use Instagram, you're probably very familiar with we're not really strangers, especially if you're on the artsier side. Um, it's this account slash company, probably an LLC, that focuses on mindfulness, especially when it comes to interpersonal relationships and that sort of thing and this is one of the messages they sent out and it matched what I had been thinking about a lot in my life uh, working towards being more accepting of myself and better caring for myself and my own well-being because it's true how can you expect uh, for someone to love you if you don't love yourself I can't remember how RuPaul puts it. I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. Unrelated. <laughs> but that one's kind of self-explanatory. But finally, 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 we have... We often miss the people we create in our imagination. Repeating. We often miss the people we create in our imagination. Meaning that... Let's say, in like my example, or with my reasoning for writing this, if I really, really, really liked someone, and I'm really, really hurt about it, and I have like a compulsion to like reach out, or I'm like really stuck in like this heartache of people, whether it's like a friend, or a crush, or an ex, or whatever, people who are no longer in our lives, or even people who are currently in our lives we haven't spoken to in a long time. Oftentimes, the version of them that we're missing, especially if they're no longer in our lives, is the version of them we've created in our head. And it's problematic. <laughs> it's problematic. So be mindful of that, you know? I need to be mindful of that. I think I'm becoming more aware um, of the versions of people I create in my brain and then the reality of who they are as a person. But I mean, when you're in quarantine, that's harder. Bullet time. All right, that's all I have for you for today. I hope you enjoyed my little red book. Quiet. I hope you enjoyed my little red book. I'm sure in six months or so, I'll come back with more mantras for you to share. Uh, but that's all I have um, for what we can do to feel better today. I think I'm just going to stare at a wall, aka meditate, and hope that makes me feel a little bit better. 
Before I go, I want us to do our little breathing exercise, okay? In, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six. Before you go, remember to follow or subscribe wherever you like to listen from to receive future episodes. This podcast is available to listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and Stitcher. And if you want to stay updated on the show or me in general, I'm at Catharaxia everywhere that matters. C-A-T-H-A-R-A-X-I-A. You're amazing. You're doing what you can. Take care, and I'll see you next week here on Cather's Corner.